Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I need to start off by apologizing. It's been two full weeks since I've put out an episode. I promise I've got a good excuse. Um, On September 9th, my wife and I had our second child. Our first child is a boy. His name's Andrew. And we had our daughter, Grace, arrive about a week early before her due date. So we, I've been at home yeah, just uh, enjoying the dad life. And um, it's the best. I love being a dad. She is actually sleeping like an angel right behind me here in my uh, podcasting studio, a.k.a. her nursery. So <laughs> um, hopefully she won't start crying here in a moment and I can wrap this up for you. So today we did something. I tried something new. Um, I got together with Cindy Johnson um, who's very a very, very good uh, hygiene educator, and she's talking about uh, how to fill our hygiene schedules. She offered to do um, a webinar for us. So we tried hosting a Facebook Live video in the fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group, and that did not go as planned. <laughs> Just that we had te- technical difficulties. It took us a while to get up and running. Uh, if you were watching that live, I apologize. We had, I think, on our third try, I finally figured out how to invite her as a guest in a, into a low, uh, a live video as a co-host. It took us a little while, but we finally figured it out. The trick was you could I couldn't do it on a desktop. I had to use uh, start the uh, live video from a cell phone. Anyhow, um, I think we ended up getting some great content out of it. It was worth it in the end. Uh, one thing we didn't mention that I am doing in my practice to uh, fill our hygiene schedules in, in the coming months is we're reaching out proactively to our uh, membership patients, which is an easy thing to do since they, the membership plan covers two clinics a year uh, without, doesn't have to be six months and a day like many insurance plans require. So they can, they're more flexible. If they're maybe a month early or something, they could potentially come in now. So that's one of the ways that we're trying to fill our holes. If you guys have membership plans in your practice, that's worth taking a look at. You may as well move them up a month early if possible to fill in the holes now when if you have free time now in your schedule versus later when you might be able to fill it in more easily. Um, if you're interested in uh, learning more about membership plans, reach out to Dental Membership Direct for a membership growth solution demo for your practice. We've seen a lot of success with our clients, dentalmembershipdirect.com. All right, guys, enjoy today's episode. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country 
because we invested ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Hello, everybody. You're so patient. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I would have left a long time ago. So, oh, well, we did <laughs> a couple of times already. Yeah, we did. Um, in an ideal world, we would have been able to have um, Cindy share her screen and show some figures, but maybe she can, after the fact, share whatever you guys want with us in a different fashion. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, good. It's good. It's oh, working. good. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay, so for those of you just joining us, we had absolutely no technical difficulties whatsoever. We're pros of this. Oh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> rotate your phone. Okay, got it. Yeah, that was a lie. Facebook was like, uh-uh. Zuckerberg was like, I'm gonna make you. Okay, anyhow. So welcome, welcome. Uh, we are very lucky to have Sydney here. Uh, my phone. Is... I don't know about that. Okay. Are you able to see me? No, I'm probably not. <laughs> what I was trying to do, everybody, was put my phone down so that it wouldn't be shaky. I've got these Apple headphones, which have to go into the very bottom of it, so I can't position my phone and have it just sit there. So I'm just going to hold it. Sorry for any shakiness. Okay. You don't care about the view. You care about the information. So today, we are talking with a hygiene expert on how to fill your hygiene schedules. If you guys are anything like me, hygiene is looking pretty bleak for the next couple of months. Um, yes, yeah, yes, so you're yes. not alone in that. People have been screaming about this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can understand why. I uh, try to be proactive about it, and I don't mind sharing a little bit about what we're doing in our practice, but I think pro people are probably more interested in hearing uh, the information that you have for us. So. Why don't we just kind of get rolling and get, get into it? Where would you like to begin today? Let's do it. Well, I, I would have loved to have begun in a, in a much different place, but I am in my living room where I can get some Wi-Fi. I'm going to oh, set you, you on the mantle. Yep. And um, now we're ready to go. So, um, Drew, thank you for, for stumbling through this together. This was pretty awesome and very humbling after a nice, positive, good week. Um, it's important that we're all brought back to reality and, and uh, delivered a message like, you need to learn how to be more tech savvy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I thought I was doing all right in life oh, until this happened. <laughs> oh, right. I know. So I, I, I learned something again today. So um, I, I've been seeing all of these posts on Facebook pages about 
the schedule falling apart. And it's just been killing me because um, it, it's been sort of like the hospitals. You know, if somebody passes away from COVID, even if they were in an auto accident, they, they passed away from COVID. So hmm. um, in dentistry, we're doing the same thing. I'm seeing all of these posts and, and it's all being blamed on COVID. And whilst that was terrible and really uh, troublesome for a lot of us, that's not the reason. And what I want to do today is share some really uh, simple things that we can do in dentistry to not only fix it now, but keep it fixed long term. And um, this fee-for-service group, I love all of you because it's such a rich environment for learning and sharing. And so I wanted to do the same for all of you today. Um, Drew, yes. you you interject as you need to if you have questions. Otherwise, I was going to try to make up for lost time. No, uh, I'm going to let you just roll with it. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, what we have in dentistry is a recare system that follows a six-month pro-fee schedule. And in and amongst those are our perio patients, our perio maintenance, and the odd new patient that comes in. Um, when anything disrupts that, um, the world falls apart. And so we had a big disruption, but most of us came back to work in June, right? When did you come back, Drew? We came back in, in June, I think it was. Yeah, June was a very good okay. month for us. It was booming. Yeah, you and the rest of the world. Right? It's been great, yeah. hasn't it? Well, yes, until, <laughs> until now. Yes. Until now. So what we're seeing is we're seeing some thoughts that because we were out in March, April, May, that the, 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 the wave of, of emptiness is now upon us. But here's our reality. When we started back in June, we had how many months until October and November hit? And so what I want to do is start with some really simple math. Those of you who are on this session today, pull out a piece of paper. I'm going to give you some numbers to write down so that you can go back and evaluate your practice or heck, even log in over the weekend. I know you all do it and um, run some reports. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to run a report for, and we'll pick a date range. Let's just say January 1 of 2020 to June. Uh, no, let's not do that because let's go back to March. So right before the big, uh, the big crash, run a report how many, or you can go back to 2019 and run an entire year, but look at your distribution of services. I want you to run a report on a D1110, run one on a 4910, a 4341, and a 4342. Throw in a 1206. What that'll do is show you uh, if you're applying fluoride varnish. I'm gonna tell you why in a moment. You, most of you probably figured this out. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Uh, so run those reports and then view the distribution of those services. How many uh, regular profies have you done versus how many perio services have you provided? Now, what we want to ask ourselves is why, if we came back in June and three months have now passed, why is October not bursting at the seams? Well, it's because what you find in these reports is going to show you that the majority of your services rendered are profies. 
And um, what we want to do is sit down with the hygienist, grab them all in a loop, take them out to lunch, show them these reports and say, ladies and gents, what we need to do is be looking at our patients with a wider lens. And a fee-for-service mindset is a wonderful thing. And that should be in, in any dental setting. I promise you, I've worked in many that were very heavily insurance driven. And if we bring to the party our fee-for-service mindset, meaning mom's in the chair, it costs her nothing, what are we going to do to make sure that she is an optimum oral health with dentistry that can last a lifetime? So share that mindset. Again, remind everyone. I'm sure that they've, they've heard that before. But most likely what's happening is Mary comes and she sits in the dental chair and our hygienist finds a couple of deep areas. And she says, I'm going to work really hard on these while you're here and we'll check them next time. So we have two things happening. One, we have patients walking out the door thinking they're okay and your hygienist who's thinking they're providing a great service has provided a separate service to what the patient came in for. So we're confusing our ability to build value for what it is that we do. So let's do a little bit of math. Um, we're going to take a thousand just because it's a simple number. Let's say we all have a thousand patients in our practice. And for every hygienist who works four days, give or take a couple of weeks off, that hygienist can provide 1,600 hours of service for your patients. So file that one away, take those 1,000 patients and ask yourself how many of those 1,000 patients are going to be some, in some way involved in periodontal needs. So we know that 50% of those patients will have some form of gum disease. Let's be conservative and say, 25% of them so that we're capturing all of them because we know we can do that if we're really focusing. So 25% is what? How many of those thousand patients are considered peri? I'm going to go back to 50% for ease, but 500 of them are perio patients at some level, whether it's one to three, an isolated area, whether they have gingivitis that's severe, um, but 50%. So set those 500 patients aside for a moment and let's look at the, the other 500. We know, depending upon what studies you read, that 90 to 95% of those patients are moderate to high risk for decay. We see them every day. Every time we do an exam, they need some more dentistry. They're disappointed. They feel exasperated. I'm doing everything you tell me to do. Well, what we need to be doing is pulling back the reins and talking to those patients about what we can do to keep them out of the dental chair, right? Of course, we're not, we're not going to be successful. Look at our, our stats so far. But let's talk to our patients about, A, it's not their fault. What point on their timeline did you capture them? Are they 50, 60 after that many years of, of dentistry? And what can we do now to keep them away from the dental chair? This is not your fault. You've been in dentistry now for 50 years. You have a lot of dentistry that's past its use-by date. And whilst it might feel okay, there's some harmful things taking place. Medications, they come to us with xerostomic harmful effects already, a large percentage of our patients. Are we addressing that? And are we placing those patients 
in our schedule at a pace that they need and deserve. So when we're, Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Do you need me to stop nope, for a minute? I'm actually okay. looking up um, our right. stats behind me here, behind yeah. you here, so that mm -hmm. I can um, shock you with how bad we are. So. Well, you don't have to do okay. that because uh, collectively across the United States and, on, and other countries, um, the amount, the number of, of perio patients that are being reached in any given mm -hmm. practice sits below 2%. Hey, we're killing it so, then. <laughs> I think we're I at like a solid um, 8% through. is what I'm seeing here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that your hygiene department isn't providing some of those services. That was a one-two punch, wasn't it? Thanks for that, Drew. <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and and the thing is, is, is the way that we look at this is a very positive thing. We have lots of room for improvement. And there is no reason why our schedule shouldn't be bursting at the seams, not only now, but always. So, so have a look at two things. And I'm gonna give do you doctors here a little um, tidbit. Look at your hygienist tray setup. Okay, for a healthy mouth, do we need Gracie's on our tray? Right, those instruments are designed to work on the surfaces of our roots. So if we're treating a patient with a prophy who we assume is healthy because we're seeing them back in six months, should we have root planing instruments on our tray and why would we need them? Ooh. Okay, so let's go back to those numbers. <laughs> We have 500 of our thousand who are uh, perio patients at some level. The remaining 500 patients that aren't our perio patients, 90% are at moderate risk for decay. Hence the, the decay that we see at each visit and the need for more dentistry. So that leaves us about 50 patients that are considered truly healthy. So is our schedule reflecting that? No. So do we have tons of room for improvement? And can we go back on Monday and, and start fixing this? Absolutely. So how are we speaking to our patients with gingivitis? How are we speaking to our patients who have plaque everywhere? When was the last time you saw a bottle of disclosing solution, you know, across the desk? So simple things that we can do. Buy your hygienist a bottle of disclosing solution and put it on his or her counter, okay? Say, this is what we're going to do on every patient. Because when we look at a beautiful smile that's covered in plaque, we don't see it. But as soon as you start bringing that patient into their own treatment triad, then you start seeing patients scheduling for their, for their, their uh, work. And we don't have that pushback from the dental benefit insurance-driven thinkers because we've skillfully discussed it all along along the path i'm losing myself here here we go so drew yes. what did what did you find you found a robust eight uh, percent we have an eight percent uh periodiagnostic percentage so we are okay. killing it we're it's like way above two percent um way below you are. what did you, you say make me proud. <laughs> what did you say uh, 20 25 percent oh. um was mm -hmm. even if we did that we'd be yeah well, yeah. let me, can I give you some pushback? Absolutely. Okay, so for speaking I'm, I'm for the for every dentist here um, and every hygienist, mm -hmm. um, where some of them at least are probably thinking, okay, so what you're saying sounds great. 
Yeah, um, we mm -hmm. definitely are under-diagnosing periodontal disease. However, okay, so several objections all at once, right? Do I really mm -hmm. want to have a difficult conversation with a patient um, either who only has maybe a limited focused area? It's much easier to just fix that one area and see how it does next time rather than charge that out as whatever it might need to be charged out as. And then are we then committing that person to needing period maintenance going forward? How, bigger question is how do we do it in a way that doesn't come across as being money hungry? And how do we as dentists get our hygienists on board to be doing it when they're already maybe telling us, I don't have enough time um, to do everything I need to do already in the amount of time that I have. Now I'm gonna pause myself there. We're, we're fee for service offices, right? So <clears throat> we, we need to make the time. Like we're, we're not, we're, we're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to deliver value and we're trying to deliver the best oral health that we can. So devil's advocate here, of course. Um, but I think those are probably many of the objections that we all feel. It's like, yeah, this all sounds awesome and I wish that we were doing a better job. But I think for myself, I inherited a practice um, of a dentist who started practicing dentistry before periodontal disease was a thing, <laughs> right? So there have been patients <laughs> yeah. who've been getting bloody profies for decades and then the new guy comes in and I'm not the new guy anymore, but you get the idea. Um, it's hard to win their trust Those over. are my favorite. Yeah. So when yeah. the old doc would, wasn't money hungry like the new doc is, and he wasn't trying to tell me I need to pay more for the same thing, right? These are their perceptions. So what do I do with yes, all of that? Of course, of course. Wow. Wow. How much time do we have? Um, this is, this, this absolutely and just warms my cup. I'm sorry. If Go I ahead. can just, those are just some of mine. If you guys have more, um, maybe I'm not speaking for everybody. So if you guys have more, or if you think I'm crazy, please uh, comment and, and we'll see if we can get to them, but okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we think you're crazy, but we did, we, we appreciated your comment. Yep. Um, so, so, so crazy to, to, to be so, uh, uh, steadfast with your Facebook live today. Um, so, uh, good job. Thanks. So, so when is the best time to handle pushback? I do not know. Never six months from now before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want it at all. Six the best time later. to handle pushback is before it happens, yes. right? So, Drew, you just walked into my lair because you said, look, the patients are going to say these things mm -hmm. and my hygienists are going to say these things. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to come to the party prepared to handle those things before they even come up. So I want to get back to prepping my take... crown, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, that's we'll do another life life. Facebook on that yeah. um, because that's even better. But so, so what do we know about our patients before they? Are? Oh no, you froze. No, oh there you are. So I'm, what do I'm we know here. about are our here? patients before they ever? Cr I'm here. I think we're all here. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I see you. Okay, so, uh, so, so taking that five minutes as a, as a hygienist to review the health history look at the notes from before, right? That's something that may or may not be happening. But what do we know about our patient before we've seen them? We know they've got high blood pressure, they've got diabetes, they're on 16 medications. What do we know about that? They're going to be at high risk for decay. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. Look at their radiographs. They probably have a nice, beautiful mouthful of uh, restoration. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've spent their fair share of time in the dental chair. Mm -hmm. So they haven't had treatment for gum disease. And just looking at their radiographs, we can see a few areas that we know 
they would benefit from that service. I'm not even talking about decay yet. We're, we're still on perio. So um, as the new dentist who's come in and, and purchased a practice, uh, we tend to be a little more gentle with our diagnoses. Um, I'm not that way. I like to just go for it. That's why they're there. So um, I'm going to walk you through what that might sound like. So Drew, um, it's great to see you today. I've had an opportunity to look at your health history. You poor thing. You have spent your fair share of dollars and hours in the dental chair, haven't you? Yeah, I hate the dentist. Like, yeah, yeah, well, we hear that often. So Drew, I've had an opportunity to look at your health and I see you're taking several medications, many of which really increase the harmful effects in your mouth. So you and I will have a closer look when we get inside. So I start dripping information right away that's going to handle the pushback. And you know, Drew, while I'm taking your blood pressure, um, it's so important that we do this because like gum disease, blood pressure doesn't hurt, right? So it's important that we check it and give you suggestions every time you're here. So what have I just done? I've handled the, well, it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Now they still may say it, but we can still go back. So I'm going to start dripping information the minute I see that patient about what I know I'm going to find, mm -hmm. right? So why do I mention disclosing solution? Because as soon as we put that on the teeth and we show the patient, we can say, my gosh, again, this is not your fault. Look at these restorations. Look at all these nooks and crannies. Look at the way your teeth are fitting together. Look at the positioning. You're really pushing a boulder uphill here. But guess what, Drew? Today, you and I are gonna hook arms and we're going to break this cycle, okay? So that's, that's a way mm -hmm. that we can start to think about this, right? Now, what's the good news of catching gum disease that hasn't been caught? We've caught it, we've caught it. You know, I don't want us to focus on the past. Here's the good news, we've caught it while it's just in one area, it's isolated between these last two teeth Drew, you and I, let's get an appointment scheduled. We'll remove that infection from that area. I'm gonna show you how to clean it and get it into remission so it remains healthy. How does that sound? Sounds good. So again, that, that's a, that you can imagine is an entire uh, session, but we want to start dripping information so that our pushback doesn't happen at the end of our appointment. And that's usually what happens. And it's you doc coming in for five minutes, wanting to get back to your prep, and having to answer all these questions. Mm -hmm. How much will it cost? Will my insurance mm -hmm. cover it? Can I make payments? All of those things we're answering as we're working on the patient. Mm -hmm. So if we are being proactive, I wanna share a nugget Please. with you, by the way, before I forget. We interviewed 3,000 dental patients exiting their offices. And we asked them a series of questions. Their top three wants from their dental visit. I'm gonna give those to you. They want an excellent experience, we know that. Number two, and this is critical, they want to believe what they're buying is of value. Mm -hmm. So I, I use that 60 inch screen, television screen in the mobile home, right? People will spend money on the things that they know they value. So our job is to create that the entire time they're in the chair. You'll go back on Monday if you integrate any of this you'll have your October schedule filled, I promise you. And if you have any questions, you reach out to Drew and he'll get them to me. Uh, so uh, your hygienist, 
what we want to do is let them know, uh, I use the term chat and polish, but we don't have room for chatting and polishing. You can see just by what I shared with you, that, that, that appointment starts the minute that patient's bottom hits the chair and it's all dentistry. So health history, blood pressure, perio charting. Cindy, we're going to take some measurements today. The good news, this infection is in one area. Remember that. Now, why I've been coming to see you for six months, why now? That's the other one, right? So give your hygienist some slack. Look, you and I have been working really hard, Drew, to get this infection under control and what we're doing is no longer enough. So here's what we're going to do. You and I are gonna break this cycle and it's going to involve and tell, the, tell, the, tell them the process. So when you run your reports, doctors, have a look at your perio, that's important, but what did I say about caries? 90% of your patients are affected by that. So why did I have you run your 1206 code or some of you may use the 1208 to get an idea of how much that's being discussed. Drew, yes. any questions? I'm, I could go on for I hours, do. you know me. Um, I have a comment, a hopeful comment over a question. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'd love for you, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of our dentists who are watching this, and I'm thinking this is actually mm -hmm. really good, which I knew it would be, um, but it's really good information for our hygienists to hear. Uh, that verbiage you're using, mm -hmm. I I don't know what services you offer, but I'm hoping that you might have some type of online video content that I could just have my hygienist say, sit down, watch these videos. Like I could buy the videos and whatever, and they can watch them, and mm -hmm. you get them trained up, and I don't have to be a part of it. Is is that a service you offer? <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine that. Of course it is. It's okay. a service that we offer. What, what we created is called hygiene-driven dentistry. And what I love is that term is utilized today. People use it and understand it and know what it means. Mm. But it's, it's all about utilizing the, the, the power of the clinicians that you've hired for your hygiene to really carry this load for you so that by the time you come in, and we've all heard it, um, there's lots of terms for it, um, co-diagnosing, preheating, all of those things, but it's really comprehensive care. There she is. How'd you hear that? She's had enough of this yeah, space. That's my daughter. Uh, so, so yes, to answer your question. Okay. And how are we doing on time since we blew through most I of it? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm thinking most of the time. Does anyone have get... any more questions? Yeah. And um, I can't, I don't know if nobody's commenting or if I can't see the comments. So if people um, are commenting, that might be a problem. But I'm assuming no one's asked any questions. If, if they are, I don't know, send me a message or something to make sure I get an alert. Um, okay. I did see a couple go oh. through, but I didn't, I didn't read them. Yeah, so, for some reason, I'm, I'm not um, seeing any comments. Not and I'm anymore. on my computer, too, no, trying to no. see comments. But Okay. All right. Does anyone have any questions specifically? I wanna make sure that I cover the numbers because that's what I said to all of you when you expressed a tremendous interest. So uh, let's talk about the numbers quickly again. Go in and, and find out how many active patients you have in your practice. This really does matter, um, but keeping in mind the way that you implement and integrate these things is not based upon numbers. So we will never have your hygienist chasing a quota for services. Um, that's the last thing mm -hmm. that we as fee-for-service practitioners want for our patients. Um, 
However, it's important to understand them and it's important to be able to, to duck in and look at them so we can all check ourselves and see, hey, how are we doing? We feel like we're doing a great job, but when we run our numbers, they tell us a different story or they might confirm. So go in and find out how many active patients you have in your practice and then run that percentage uh, profile. Divide it by half, set that aside, those are your perio patients. The remaining half, 90% of those, we wanna be treating them differently. We wanna make sure that we're disclosing them. And timing, by the way, it takes 28 seconds to disclose and give oral hygiene instruction. We time it all the time, average of 28 seconds. So, um, hey, I'm a hygienist. I was one of those, what do they think? We have an hour, we can't do all of this. But once you learn the skill and the art of talking about what you're finding and what you're seeing, if you see it, say it, rather than saving it all up in your head and then spewing it at the end, you find that the timing works much, much better and everybody's happy. So look at your numbers, look at your percentages, and then reach out to Drew. I'm happy to, to help anyone in this group with uh, verbiage ideas. Uh, I'll let you know when our sessions are, if you wanna throw, throw, uh, throw it out to hygienists in your office. Mm -hmm. uh, we do lots of communication, lots of verbiage, uh, whatever it is you need. And Drew, we can talk about how that can look because I, I wanna be able to give a gift to a group of people that uh, share so much information freely. Thank you. Um, okay, well, I've Pleasure. got some questions. So, okay. all right. Um, I think the, the message behind what you're saying, and no one would disagree with it at all, is within our practices, we could probably be twice as busy if we just spent more time educating and diagnosing. Um, and that's, I'm guilty of that. Like, we've been trying to do better. I've, I've been slowly trying to win our patients over to trust us enough to accept a diagnosis <laughs> without, without yeah. you know, yeah. willingly overlooking a diagnosis. If, if they're, they need it, they need it. And we'll refer out to perio if it takes it, if that's what it takes, which we do. But anyhow, the point is, I think a lot of dentists like myself are probably feeling extra pressure in these coming months. And I'd like to pick your brain on it. Um, what we're seeing is a culmination of, I know we don't want to blame everything on COVID, but I think we were closed. Like you were alluding to in the very beginning, we were closed for several months. Then we opened back up and now all of a sudden we got this huge waterfall, right? This huge, the, the dam was removed. We had this huge surplus of patients trying to get in. And if over a six month window of a hundred patients, hundred percent of our patients are coming in every six months, but only maybe what happened was maybe only, I don't know, 70% were comfortable coming back total. And mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. there was a lot of pressure for more of them to get in early. Maybe offices like myself, mm -hmm. we opened up a little bit more capacity in those first uh, couple of weeks, that first month or so. So we were seeing more people. And so we got more people in than we normally did. So they're not due until you follow me. I, I created in my own office. I'm, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, you think you did. You think you did. But here's the good news with that that reduction from 100 percent capacity to 70 percent. Um, the more you talk to me, you'll find that there's a, a there's great news in, no matter what it mm -hmm. is. And so let's for a minute go back to some math. OK, so if we have a hygienist working four days a week, 50 weeks out of the year, that hygienist has sixteen hundred hours to give to your patients. All right. Mm -hmm. So if you have, and you can do the rest of the math for the, uh, the other hygienists you have. So let's go back to that 50% of our patient base. 
let's say 500 people are perio and 400 of them accept the treatment. We know before we even start perio therapy that 400 people require four appointments. Mm-hmm. So what's that math? You've already filled a hygienist schedule for the year. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds, it, it, it's, it's verging on too simple, but it is, it's that simple. If we pay attention to what it is we're doing and why we're there as hygienists, right? And they're given the support to do that, right? They have an hour of time minimum. They have what they need to accomplish these tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll need to hire more hygienists, but, but please, I'm doing that right now for several offices around the U.S. and there aren't any. So mm-hmm. uh, just take it easy. <laughs> take, it, take, this, take this great news and use it gently. Uh, but practice, practice doing this. And do you know what else, to your point, um, I've noticed in my own practice, now people, the patients who are coming in, they're more receptive to this type of stuff because they're focused on health. The COVID's on the top of everyone's minds and they're being more proactive now than they have been in the past. So this is kind of a good time to take a second look at hygiene. Um, now, I'd just like to throw out a couple ideas. If you have any extras, please. Um, I don't want to take away from what you're saying of all you got to do is diagnose what's already there and your schedule is going to fill up naturally. I, I believe that's true. Um, but it can still be daunting when you look at all of our schedules are different. But I, I actually had a hygienist um, leave our office uh, few weeks ago, which was a big punch in the gut, but it also kind of worked out because we had a lot of open chair time and now we're at capacity, yeah. but you know, I'm, yeah. that's not the way you want to hit capacity. So, um, no, no. but if, if she hadn't <laughs> left, it was, would have been way more daunting of how do I fill mm-hmm. a whole hygiene, schedule worth. That was basically what it came down to mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, for two months. Um, Anyhow, so what we were doing was obviously the low-hanging fruit. We were working on our reactivation list. We were trying to remind our patients of all of the extra precautions that we are taking for COVID. Um, if they're not comfortable coming back yet, that's okay, but let's still get that message out in front of them. We're not going to push them until they're ready, but they, we want them to know that it's safe when they, when they feel comfortable. I wrote an uh, article for a local magazine kind of addressing that as well. When, when is it safe to come, return to the dentist? Um, just trying to get the message out there as much as possible. Um, you know, we use Yappy, so we were able to, through that, um, send out an email to people with an email blast for people who hadn't been in within a certain amount of time. And again, hitting Howard on the COVID message and sending them the link to schedule in our office. We put, we uh, have our hygienists in their downtime calling our patients who are overdue. Um, here's here's an interesting number for you, talking about stats and numbers. I. I did um, okay. pulled a report on how many like unscheduled active patients we have at the moment. Um, and I can look that number up, I wrote it down, but the point is that I, then I looked it up, what was it this time a year ago? And it had doubled. So mm-hmm. I, 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 to make myself better, feel better, I'm blaming most of that on COVID, right? People aren't, com- <laughs> yeah. not everyone's coming back, comfortable coming back yet. Yeah. But definitely, we got to take some responsibility of that in my own office. Of we must not be doing a very good job um, keeping people in our practice and not allowing them to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. How do we ensure the patient, patients are walking out the door with an appointment and that they're not falling, you know, off the schedule? 
great question, and that's um, that's that's not an uncommon one. So, no one leaves. And I know I don't want to oversimplify, but nobody leaves without an appointment. And and in fact, um, I, I'm going to give you another something to think about in terms of paying, mm -hmm. right? So, what do we want, and 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 how does it tie in with everything? What we want to do as as healthcare providers, we're endeavoring to keep them out of our dental chair, right? The fewer exposures that they have to experience, the better, and they like to hear that. So. And then, and additionally, now more than ever, it's the healthy people who aren't getting sick. Mm -hmm. So when you have an active infection in your mouth, be it decay or periodontal disease, your body is working harder than it needs to be. If you have uh, a, a, an underlying condition, it, it makes you even more susceptible. So getting that message to them, listen, Drew, you're here. I'm so happy you're in my chair today. Here's what we found. This is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to make sure before you go, we get all the appointments scheduled and maximize what we do while you're here. And um, many of our patients find that by taking care of their payments as well, um, I'm not saying this chair side, but uh, taking care of their payments ahead of time, they can just have their treatment done and get back to their own life. They don't have to wait at the 10 car pileup at the front desk, right? So uh, all of these things are very, very positive. Don't focus, excuse me, I wouldn't, I would suggest you not focus on what's not going well mm -hmm. and instead take the ones that you have and really focus on them. Low hanging fruit, may I? Uh, Recare is not our low hanging fruit. Our low hanging fruit is right there in the office that day. So if you're using routing slips, are you printing routers and tracking? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. The unscheduled treatment on those routing mm -hmm. slips talk about it every single day at your morning meeting. What is our total? How much do we have wandering in and out of our doors every single mm -hmm. day? And then put, set a goal for yourself. How much of that do we want to make sure we schedule today to keep these patients healthy? So when you hear the number, you know, it's like one, one opening a day. Ah, it's one opening. But at the end of the year, when it's 300, it's a different story. So, so know these things. Sadly, numbers are what we have to, uh, to follow, but it is all representative of the care we're delivering. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, big, the bigger picture. Did I answer you? I have no idea. <laughs> but it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did. So, so, so COVID, COVID oh, use, right. that, use yes. that to your advantage, right? It, we want to keep you healthy. It's the, it's the healthy people who are not getting sick. Right. It's the healthy people who are not in the hospital mm -hmm. with, uh, with the virus. So our goal is to keep you healthy. Okay, we got a comment here. All right. Can you see that? Okay. I cannot. Let me but see. But I'll trust that you. I can see part of it from Jennifer. I see, oh. it seems the more we say to the patient, the less they retain and accept. I think some smaller, short, succinct phrases, and that's all I can read. Oh no, there it goes. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, it was almost done. I think some smaller, short, succinct phrases are important. Yep, agreed. Jennifer, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um, we call it the data dump, right? Uh, uh, oh, 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 see, Drew, this is what happens because we start talking about so many things. The three things patients want. Yes. They want to have a good experience. They want to believe what they're buying is of value and they want efficiency. Throw that one into the mix, okay? Mm -hmm. So give me the facts, Jack, and let me 
ask you a question if I have it. Don't dump all this information on my lap because you lost me. Mm -hmm. So you heard sound bites. Hey, I see you're taking several medications that have harmful side effects in the mouth. What did I say? We'll look closer when we look inside. I didn't go into what they do and xerostomia and all of that, mm -hmm. right? And when I'm creating my diagnosis, I'm saying, here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm not going into disease and it's like a splinter and it's a pokey thing I put in and measure. We don't need any of that. They'll ask us if they have those questions. So Jennifer, you're spot on. We call it trimming the fat and we have exercises that, that teach people how to do that. <laughs> Um, well, tell me, um, tell us a little bit more about what it is that you offer. And anytime I'm watching or listening to something like this, I, I assume the people who are presenting are kind of, I don't know. I, the point I want to make is that you and I have had no conversations about trying to get you clients. I certainly don't get anything in exchange for recommending you. Um, I just have heard you and I think you're, you're great, but I'd love to know more about what just for my own sake, what you can offer for a practice. Do you do, this is a genuine question, do you do, you do in office consulting? Do you do virtual consulting? How does it work to work with you? Because I, I like what I'm hearing, I'd like to know more. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. Um, it, we do both, we do both. Um, what, what this whole situation has shown all of us is that we are able to set up, you and I didn't prove this today, oh, so gosh. forget, forget about right. earlier today, but we can set up a virtual space, um, and see everybody in a room and train virtually. So we lately with virtual trainings where the doctors and the hygienists pack into a room and we just do what we do when we come in. Um, we do one-on-ones with the hygiene group. Uh, encourage your hygienist to ask to join the elite hygienist. Uh, it is, there are no frills. It's all hygiene and it's all uh, comprehensive care, fee-for-service mindset. So if you want to send your hygienist there, they'll be with like-minded people and can ask lots of great questions. Um, but Drew, whatever you need is what we do. Okay, good to know. If you guys have any specific okay. questions, please yeah. feel free to comment them below. Um, let me think. So... All right, so we, we need to all be diagnosing better. What about, do you happen to have any averages for us of as goals that we should be reaching for? What, I mean, we hardly recommend fluoride in our yeah. office. I just, mm -hmm. here's, here's mm -hmm. coach me, okay? I, <laughs> I don't want, okay. I've, I've been overly conservative um, because I'd rather, I'm always too worried about giving somebody the impression that we're trying to nickel and dime them or trying to, you know, just that we're just after money. So when I am genuinely recommending fluoride, oftentimes I'll just wave it or I'll just, uh, and probably too frequently, the patients probably aren't thinking that at all. But um, yeah, I, I am definitely very bad when it comes to that. I will um, not charge for perio treatment if they're giving me pushback because I, I want them to get the care that they want and I want them to trust us. Uh, but what types yeah. can you give with that yeah. in that context? Can you give us averages as to what we should be seeing? How, how many, what percentage of patients need fluoride? Do you, I mean, you might well, not have that off the top of your head, but. Well, I, I, I do. And I mean, I can, I can use the formula that we used today. So sure. if we know 90% of our patients are at moderate to high risk for decay, mm -hmm. Technically, 90% of our patient base would benefit from some type of remineralization. Now, it mm -hmm. may not be fluoride, 
Um, there is a swath of patients, but, but Drew, to speak to your, your, I want to speak to the fact that you write it off or you give it, you shouldn't be involved in that, in that equation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I hope that you can all see how, if you're handling the pushback before it happens, it, it doesn't come up. So when I'm seeing a patient who I've disclosed and I'm saying, my gosh, you, this is not your fault. And look at the way the teeth are positioned and and no wonder you're in the dental chair having decay treated you're you're in every time we do an exam it's time to break this cycle right and and that's a term i use often let's break this cycle you deserve better drew this is not your fault i take the brush out of the wrapper show him how to use it um, and i say here's what we're going to do right mm -hmm. think about when you go to the doctor and you can't get to the bottom of whatever ails you and the doctor says to you, well, you know, we could try this and I'll give it to you for no charge and we'll see if it works versus here's what we're going to do, Drew. Mm. You need to have A, B, and C. And then I want to see you back in three weeks to make sure A, B, and C is working. I like it. Okay. So your hygienist will take care of that for you. Okay. You shouldn't be having those combos. It sounds good to me. Did that help? Yeah, sure did. All right. Well, um, okay. I don't know if you have any other thoughts or anything you'd like to share with our watchers and listeners uh, before we wrap it up yeah. here. Sure, sure. Well, Drew, you're going to put this this recording on for them, and um, I am happy to provide that show how to figure out the formula, what reports to run, how to check them and when. And then I'll let you know about the communication uh, sessions that we put on. There is also, we have our elite hygiene exam, which is a series of assessments that will sort of guide you and your team to see how to do these things and in what order and what sequence that's most efficient. So if anybody wants any of this, they're more than welcome to reach out. That sounds great. Um, and what is the best way okay. to get a hold of you? Best way is through my email, Cindy, and I spell it a little funny. You'll have to look at the um, post. It's C-Y-N-D-E-E -E at scalertoschedule.com. And um, anybody who wants something, just shoot me a message. All right, Cindy. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, thanks to all my of our um, people watching live <laughs> who watched us stumble yeah. through trying to get this uh, live video thing figured out. Oh, you are a legend. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have melted on the spot. It would have been over. And hey, we got so it eventually. Nice work. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, you Drew. Have a great you weekend. Take care, you too. Congratulations on that new bundle. Uh, thank you so much. And I just saw that Nicole commented. Yes, Nicole, as soon as we know we're about to wrap it up here, but as soon as this is over, it should repost uh, to our Facebook group. So you can watch it there. Okay. Thanks, Cindy. Take care. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.